Well, welcome in live from the county seat in downtown Lillington. This is Camel Call Live, and what a show we have for you tonight. Our new head football coach, Braxton Harris, is here. We're going to talk about where he's from. Yes, round of applause, please, for our new head coach. We have a packed house here. This is uh, the most people we have ever had for a Camel Call Live show. So thank you so much for being here. It's going to be fun. We're going to talk about where he's from, where he's been, how he got here, and where the Campbell football program is headed. Campbell's 2024 football schedule also was announced last week, so we'll dive into that. And we will have Coach Harris here for almost the entire hour tonight. We are also going to give away some T-shirts, some tickets to Campbell basketball. What a weekend it was for the Camels in the CAA. We will dive into that. And our wrestling team, how about them going 3-0 and winning the Chippewa Challenge yesterday in California. What a week. On Thursday, our head football coach, Braxton Harris, had his introductory press conference. You can hear his words in their entirety on our Camel Call Live podcast from last week. It's also on YouTube. But, Coach, uh, as you join me here now, as it's been a couple days in this whirlwind tour that you've been on, what was that day like when you were welcomed back into this community, which is a place that you know so well? Yeah, you know, we, we were able to enjoy that piece. We were driving back to the hotel that, that afternoon, and I was sitting talking to my wife, Jennifer, and I was like, in coaching, you get opportunities to have press conferences when you take a job, right? Very rarely do you go into that room and you know you have relationships with people. Um, to see people in that room that have made an impact in our family, um, to see people that we've done life with that were in that room supporting um, our family, um, that, that was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And, and you just don't get those pieces and opportunity to come back to a place that you loved um, and that made it such a difference in your family. And I'll, I'll just be honest, I'm so thankful for, to our administration for providing that opportunity, so thankful for our community here in Harnett County. Um, you guys have loved my family so well, and we could not be more excited to be able to be here and uh, to be a part of this community again. You were here, of course, as an associate head coach, recruiting coordinator, linebackers coach in 2021 and 2022, not that long ago. But it was just two years. During that time, a guy that has deep roots in Texas that we'll talk about, what made you fall in love with Campbell and this community? It's the people. It comes down to the relationships. Uh, my wife is, she is by far the rock star, just like you, Chris. I'll go ahead and help you on that one. Um, <laughs> she is, your wife's the rock star in that. And she, she, she dove into this community. I mean, this is a community that when we were moving, um, Chris, there were three women that would come over to our house and help my wife pack um, our stuff up to move back to Texas. Like that doesn't happen all the time. Um, it's, it's about the relationships. It's about being in the community, going to church in this community, playing baseball in, in this community. That guy over there, um, I got thrown out of a Little League baseball game because of him, uh, an <laughs> eight-year-old baseball game um, because of him. Um, and, it, and it just goes back to the people in Harnett County and the people of Campbell. But then also you take the, the, uh, the administration. You walk around Campbell's campus. It's a gorgeous campus, right? Everything's done the first-class way. And that starts with Dr. Creed as our president. And then Hannah in her role as athletic director. And she's flourished and continued to grow that piece. Why would you not want to be around a group of people that has loved your family so well and be a part of an organization that wants the absolute the best things for the student athletes? Um, that's kind of like taking chocolate and peanut butter and put it together and you get a Reese's. Who doesn't like both of those <laughs> things, right? During the time when you were here, of course, uh, the recruiting coordinator among any, everything, and you were the architect that brought back-to-back -back number one recruiting classes. This is in the nation and all of FCS. You brought him to Campbell, uh, a team that hadn't been in the, in the top 100 before. 
How did you do that back then? Yeah, I was very fortunate. At the time, Coach Minner gave me the opportunity to be able to take that ball and run with it. And, and I, I want to say that in this piece. I'm so thankful to Mike Minner and the opportunities that he has given me. If it wasn't for Mike Minner, I wouldn't be sitting here today. He gave a Division three coach um, the opportunity to be a Division one assistant coach in that spot. And then he allowed me to have some freedoms to be able to, to go be creative in the recruiting process, to be able to go after people and to change a mindset in recruiting. Um, the rankings are one thing that's good, that's great, right? But I think it goes back to a mindset of that you have to believe that you have something to offer young men that other places don't have to be able to offer that. And the thing that we have to offer them is we have this community, uh, we have this university, and we believe this is that we did then and we still believe now in this place that we can take care of kids better than anybody. And is that something that is going to be your bedrock when you you have already started recruiting? The, the right. moment you got the job, you started recruiting your guys that were here. Many of them were in the transfer portal. You brought all of them back but one. But when you go out and are trying to recruit maybe people that don't know about Campbell yet, what, what, what are you telling them? We're trying to stay local first off and foremost. We, we think we need to build this, this roster between the four states that we touch. We're talking about we've got to recruit North Carolina. We've got to recruit North Carolina well. Every coach on our coaching staff will have a piece of North Carolina. Nobody will leave the state of North Carolina as a recruit without us knowing about them and knowing who they are in that place. Then we're going to recruit the heck out of Georgia. Uh, we're going to recruit the heck out of South Carolina. We're going to recruit the heck out of Virginia in those spots. And that's going to be our pocket in that spot. Um, and so in, in doing that, uh, we want the kids that best fit Campbell. Um, we're Never in this piece did we ever necessarily set out to chase stars in certain plots, spots. We're not going to do that in here. We need to find the kids that see the value in Campbell that have the, the, the desire to be a part about Campbell, who they have. Because at the end of the day, high school kids, they're scary, right? Because with the transfer portal, those guys can take off and leave, and we can't do anything about it in that spot. If, if we develop them and they grow and they perform well, there's a chance that they could leave. So we want to be able to add that layer for us in our recruiting and our philosophy of recruiting. Hey, we want a kid that his parents and his family can come watch him six Saturdays out of the fall. They can come watch him play at Barker Lane Stadium, and it can be a family affair in that spot where maybe if he goes to uh, Michigan or someplace else in the far away in those spots, yes, that's bigger, and that may be something that he sees differently, but you're going to lose the family environment. You're going you're gonna to lose going um, to the pizza shop, and the guy knows you down there, and he watched you play on Saturday. You don't get that everywhere, and you get that here in Harnett County and you get that here at Campbell. And that has been an interesting change that uh, I've seen since when I was coming up in college, since when you were coming up in college. The Wasn't fact that long that, ago, Chris. Well, I, right. I know Wasn't for you it wasn't. No. That, that's Come why I separated you from <laughs> me there. But it, it used to be about the name. It used right. to be that. And now with, with a different generation coming up, it means something if their friends and family can see them. That's and right. that's something that you really tried to sell. 100%. That's, again, it goes back to people. That's the reason that this means so much to my family is that we're being able to do this with people that we have a relationship with and they, they want what's best. We were just talking a minute ago um, just about how in the community, how can we help a local business? How can we help them become successful? How can they help us become successful? How can we work together to make those things happen? That's what small communities do best, right? The, the communities do best when if, if everybody wins, we all win in those spots and we got to help each other in that spot you had mentioned the transfer portal how do you first use the transfer portal to your advantage how much will you use what's your philosophy when you go in there 
Yeah, I mean, the transfer portal really is fixing holes in your roster, if you will, in that spot. Uh, we're going to have to do that coming back after the spring semester. It'll give us an opportunity in the spring to evaluate what we have on, on campus, uh, who we think can be able to be competitive in that place. We'll be able to marry that with our high school class once we finish that up in three weeks. We're working on fi finalizing that piece. But the transfer portal is going to be part of it. And if you think the transfer portal is um, shouldn't be a part of the game, well, that's just not ever going to be the case in college football anymore in this spot. It's got to be part of that piece. Uh, how we want to be able to do it, we want to bring kids back local that have gone off, and we want to have a chance to be able to bring them back home in those spots. Um, that's how we want to be able to use the transfer portal. We want to see people that have been at places and maybe they didn't have the experience that they can have at Campbell, and they see the value in that spot, and they see the value in what we have to be able to offer. Because when you see value in something, you look at it differently. And I would assume that's your philosophy to keep guys here, to develop them and not have them go to the transfer portal. That's something you really have to work at too. Absolutely, and, and you can't do anything to control it in that spot you can't a kid's going to make a choice that he think is best for him and his family and you can't fault a kid for that opportunity all you can do in this weekend as a community is at Campbell football to continue to do is continue to show our young men how we as a community can provide them value and growth and development on the football field but also off the football field how we can give them internships opportunities in the community that because we're a small community um, somebody might have an opportunity to go work at a bank during the summer to be able to get internship hours um, to be able to do those things um, that's what we can be able to show them on that and we can't worry about it we want guys that want to be at Campbell and, and if they think they got opportunities otherwise hey good luck to them they're going to find out just like I did when I left Campbell um, <laughs> there there ain't many places like that here in Bowie's Creek and, and we're excited to be a part of there's it. no doubt gone for just a year and we are so happy you are back. Okay, a lot more coming up with Coach. But every time you come here to Camel Call Live, and we're going to be here every other Monday now in the winter and the spring, you have a chance to win prizes. So if you haven't, please come down to this table, get your free raffle ticket. During the break, we're going to draw a winner for four free tickets to an upcoming basketball game of your choice. Our Campbell's women's team, they just toppled the preseason favorite and defending champs, Towson. They will take on first place Stony Brook, Coming up this Sunday at 2, our next home game for the men will be nationally televised on CBS Sports Network. That's coming up in two Thursdays, January 25th. It's a special 5 p.m. early start versus Elon. Tickets at GoCamels.com. Back with more Coach Harris after a break. This is Camel Call Live from the county seat in downtown Lillington. The Fighting Camel Club empowers student-athletes to lead with purpose on and off the field. Over the past three years, donations to the FCC have helped fund scholarships, facility enhancements, health and wellness improvements, and the greatest needs of the athletics department. With our move to the CAA, the need for your support has never been greater. Memberships begin at just $100 and can get you access to exclusive merchandise and seating. Head to GoCamels.com and hit the Give button. Welcome back to Campbell Call Live from the county seat in downtown Lillington. All right, the winner of the four-pack of tickets to a Campbell basketball of their choice and a T-shirt. If you get your tickets out, we're looking for 6-2-6-3-9-1. We'll see if anyone comes and claims it. Uh, if not, 
We will draw that back again coming out of our next break. All right. We are here with uh, new Campbell head football coach Braxton Harris. Coach, let's go way back now. You are from a place called Mejia, Texas. It's spelled M-E-X-I-A. That is the right pronunciation, I think. You it's nailed a, it. It's a you tiny it. town, but it is 45 minutes away from Waco, Texas. Waco, of course, a while, a while back was best known as the birthplace of Dr. Pepper. Then it was known as the home of Baylor University. Then it was known as, of course, the home of Chip and Joanna Gaines and Magnolia Home. So you are an hour and a half away from Dallas as well. You're out in the middle of nowhere in a tiny town, but you don't have to drive too far to get somewhere. Tell us what was it like growing up in Mejia, Texas. Well, growing up in Mejia, you had to drive 45 minutes to Waco to go to the movies. So that's where, <laughs> I, that's where I started my recruiting training. You had to talk 45 minutes in a car ride if you're taking a date to the movies. And so you had to fill some dead time really quickly right there. Um, you know, Mejia was a great town. It was, was, was kind of like those, you know, the Friday Night Lights movies in Texas. There was a town of 8,000 people. Uh, my dad was my head football coach. That's the only reason I got to play. Ask anybody, they'll tell you the same thing, um, is, is that opportunity. But you know, it was about the it was about the community. You know, it was a small town, it was a small community, and the the, the student athletes that was what was most important there in that spot. Um, a lot of great people. I'm so thankful for my opportunities there. So thankful that I got to play football there. They have a rich tradition of fo of football there in Mahia, and I I got to be a part of it. The son of a high school football coach. I imagine there's advantages, there's disadvantages. What what, what was that like? Man, I would not have had it any other way. I loved being a coach's kid. I, I got to be able to go and do things with my dad all the time. One time when I was growing up, somebody said, man, your, your dad's a coach. He must be gone all the time. And I looked at him. I was like, man, I don't remember it that way. And because my dad was so great about letting me come to stuff. I, I went to track meets. Um, I marked the field. I passed out laundry. Um, I did the laundry. I don't know if anybody remembers this, but they had those big clips, those big metal clips, and you'd pull them out of the dryer, and they would burn the tar <laughs> out of your hand right there if you touched it in the wrong place. But I got to do those things. I got to be on the sidelines. I got to be a part of those things, and then I got to play for my dad. Um, one of the greatest joys of my life was being able to play for my dad um, and be a part of it and us go work together to be able to accomplish something. Um, but I think it taught me a lot of things. It taught me some resiliency in some spots. You've got to be able to take criticism in those spots, and you're going to do that as a coach's kid, and that's part of that piece. And I'm so thankful that God blessed me with that opportunity. I think it helped me become who I am. You were a quarterback. What kind of player were you in high school if we go on those Friday night lights and see you down there on the field? Well, considering that's VHS tape, I don't think you can go find it anymore <laughs> at this place. And so I was pretty good, you know, if you ask me in that stuff. <laughs> if it was more recent, you could, you could Google it and you pull it up on YouTube. I, t I tell you the truth. But, uh, um, you know, we, we had a lot of fun and we won a lot of football games. And I got to be around really high-quality athletes that allowed me to be able to have fun playing the game of football. In college, you went on to Division Three, Mary Hardin Baylor. That's in Benton, Texas, close to home, but, but far enough away from you. And uh, that was a team you were on that made it to the 2004 Division Three National Championship game. What was that run like? I just thought everybody won in college football. You know, we, we just won game after game. Um, we always beat Hardin-Simmons University. I can throw that at our defensive coordinator. It's over here. He, he's going to be able to put those things. But um, been always been able to, w to, to win. You know, and Coach Fredenberg, Pete Fredenberg is the head football coach. He's in the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. Um, he won two national championships while we were there in that time. And as a player, you just thought this was normal and you just thought that you did. Once I started coaching on the other side of it, you can start to realize, man, there's a lot of things that go into it in that spot. 
you know, after college, you did start your coaching career. Where did that take you? You know, I was, it's a, it's a humbling story, and this is a part of my story in the spot. I was going into my senior year, and I was a third-string quarterback, if, if we're being completely honest. I was a third-string quarterback. Coach Fredenberg calls me into his office and says, Braxton, in his, his Texas accent, he says, Braxton, uh, I'm not traveling to seniors as a third-string quarterback. So you either can be the scout team guy or you can start coaching. And he said, what do you want to do? And I said, well, since you put it that way, I guess I'll start coaching. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll get to go on trips. Um, but I was 21 years old, and I got to, to start running a room at the Division three level, and I got to learn what accountability and responsibility was and, and a servant leader was to those young men. And um, I was so thankful for that. At that time, we, you did your workouts, you know, your off-season stuff. Coaches ran that piece of it. So I was getting up at 6 o'clock in the morning. I was doing academics. I was doing laundry. I was doing all those pieces that I think really helped develop me um, to be able to pay your dues and understand what it looks like in that spot. You kept moving on the coaching ranks, and, and let me know if I skip something, but a Division three assistant head coach at Texas Lutheran in Seguin, That's right. Texas, out, on, outside of San Antonio, um, three conference championships there. Um, just outstanding. I, coach Padron, Danny Padron was the head coach, and his son and I played together at Mary Harden Baylor, and he gave me an opportunity to call a defense. And uh, I was telling him every time, I was like, what in the world were you thinking? Uh, I did not know anything. Um, and you gave me an opportunity. But we had a lot of fun turning that program around and being able to win a lot of football games. And then from 2017 to 19, you were the head coach of Division Three Howard Payne in Brownwood, Texas. How was your first stint as a head coach? Still pretty young. Yeah, I was 31 years old when I got that opportunity, and let me tell you, I did not know anything. Um, it took me a year in to figure out I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Um, I was so fortunate there to have an athletic director, Hunter Sims, who is, is still there, and he is a rock star in this profession, and he was able to come alongside, and we worked together to be able to build a program. Uh, probably the most proud thing is since we've left that program, that program has never had a losing season. Um, in, the, in the time before we were there, they had not won a game in two years. And then since our time there, they have not had a, winning, had not had a losing season. And some of the guys are on our staff that are here today uh, were a part of continuing that tradition. And that's, that's, that's exciting to be able to see. I had a lot of fun. To be a Division three head coach, some that might not be too terribly familiar, of course, it's, uh, it's very good football, especially at the highest level, especially in Texas and D3. But you do not have athletic scholarships to right. give to give your football team, your football players. Recruiting, is it different? Did it teach you some things to do now? H how do you do that? It's way different, right? Like you had to be a master of all the trades in that spot. You had to be able to be a financial aid wizard in that piece. You had to understand the numbers. You had to be able to understand loans, grants, all those pieces. And then at the end of the day, you had to sit across the table from a mom and a dad and say, why is it worth investing $12,000 to send your son to play here when he could go somewhere else and probably be at a state school and be cheaper in those places. And so that's why I think you kind of hear me talk about what we have here at Campbell as far as the value piece. Um, that's, that's how are you going to sell something if you can't tell somebody that the value that they're going to receive because they're a part of that spot. And so let me tell you this, Division three recruiting, that is the – if you can recruit at that level, you can recruit at any <laughs> level in that spot. Um, and, again, that's something that helped make me who I was, and I'm very thankful for my opportunities there. You made a splash there at D3. Tell me then how you move on to Campbell. What are the connections, if there yeah. were any, that, that got you here to Bowie's Creek the first time? Yeah, man, I sound like a broken record, but it's about relationships. Um, I hired Weston Glosser at Howard Payne University to be a defensive coordinator. He got a phone call in July 
um, about the Campbell uh, linebacker's job. And he uh, came into my office and said, you know, it's late, coach. I can't leave you. And we had the conversation, hey, man, this is what's best for you and your family. You need to go. Um, and so he left. And then uh, about a year and a half later, he called me, and he had been promoted to the defense coordinator here um, and asked me to come serve as his linebacker coach. And so for us, it was, it was all about those relationships. And I think it always a great reminder for everybody. Um, it, it's about how you treat people um, in good times, but then also in bad times. Oh, Weston, uh, one of the best coaches that has ever come through here as well. The, the first thing I noticed about you when you got on campus, because we had, we had some meetings uh, uh, to begin with, was I could tell you were a head coach. Your organization, because you had to do so much by yourself at the, at the D3 level, was up here. How did that help you going from D3 to, to D1? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we sat in today and had kind of a partial staff meeting. We don't even have our whole staff, and I think there were 18 people sitting in the room. It's like, my goodness, what, what do you do? What do you do? What are you doing here? Um, how do we maximize those abilities and, and being able to organize those pieces? I think the biggest piece is like anybody that's running a business, um, you've got to be able to connect with everybody within your organization. And I think for me, um, it, it, I've done all those jobs. I've been the equipment. I've done equipment. I've done academics. I've done strength and condition. I've done all those pieces. I think it helps me relate and empathize with the people um, that are running those jobs within our organization now. Um, but also, I think it gives us a better, well-rounded grasp of what we're trying to be able to accomplish. Um, you left here after two years, got an incredible opportunity to be a Division One. Head FCS head coach. You went to Houston Christian. Tell us about that program and what you and your staff were able to do there in a short amount of time. Yeah, we were very fortunate. Um, anytime you get an opportunity to be a Division One head coach, that was the dream. Uh, my wife is from Houston, and so I was taking her back home. Um, I was the uh, the top son-in-law of, of with my in-laws. They I was number one. In case you wanted to know, I'm probably falling on that list now. Just throwing <laughs> that out there. So I'm gonna need y'all to support her when she gets here to keep me out of the doghouse. Uh, but uh, you know, for us, it was the chance to be able to go back home and be a division one coach and that was a great opportunity i was so thankful to dr robert sloan our president there who gave me the opportunity um, to be able to lead that football program in the southland conference and they had won two ball games in two years um, and we we're able to win six in this first year and, and you the, the the kids they did a heck of a job these coaches a lot of them we've been able to bring with us here to campbell um, they connected so well with those young men and we got those kids to believe that they could and gave them hope in that spot and, and I think this is true in life. It, it, if you have hope, you have an opportunity. And I think about all of us as people is if we have hope that we can be successful, whether it's in your marriage, whether it's in your business, whether it's in whatever, as long as there's hope, we can keep going in that spot. And we try to be able to provide hope for those young men. And they did a heck of a job. You kept going. We talked about your back-to-back -back number one FCS recruiting classes here. You actually have done it three years in a row because you did it there at Houston Christian that had to make you feel good moving halfway across the country a place you know well but but still being able to pull in the guys yeah I've only got to play with those classes once though <laughs> when, <laughs> when I left one of them here and I'm leaving one of them there um, in those spots and so I'd like to be able to show that we can develop those guys and I'm excited about building that here for sure no doubt. Okay, the decision to come to Campbell, you, you mentioned your wife, your strong roots. You weren't too terribly far away from, from where you grew up, all the people, all the friends. You were a Division One head coach. You say they have a good chance of, of winning the Southland this year. Your decision to come here to Campbell, why was this the place to come back to? You know, when, when we left a year ago, this was one of those places Jennifer and I talked about that we could always see ourselves coming back to, right, um, just because of relationships pieces and the things that were so like-minded in this piece. Um, we've been so fortunate. God's always made it really clear to us on where he wants to be. Maybe God knows that 
Braxton's not very smart, so don't give him very many options. Either make it yes, open the door, or no, shut the door. Um, but God made it very clear to, to Jennifer and I, and, and it was for us, it was a no-brainer. It was not a conversation between my wife and I. We both knew what Campbell has to be able to offer. We know what Harnett County has to be able to offer our family. And, and that's the bigger piece as well is, is not just about Campbell. It's about the community that are here and being able to raise your kids in this community. I, I got four kids, and at the end of the day, um, when I'm dead and gone, God's going to ask me, what did I do to, to raise my family and, and be able to make a difference in those kids? He's not going to ask me how many football games I won. Um, he's going to ask about those things. And so being able to be in Harnett County and be able to raise a family uh, where you can go to church with the people, go to school with the people, and go to Campbell games with the people, man, that's, that's, that's everything for us. Amen to that. Amen to that. Well, we will talk more uh, with our new head coach, Braxton Harris, coming up after the break. We're also going to give away tickets we're going to give away tickets to the uh, baseball home opener, and we're going to talk about some football. The CAA opener, Saturday, September 21st. Mark your calendars now against Stony Brook. We're going to take you through Campbell's football schedule. When we come back to the county seat in downtown Lillington, this is Camel Call Live. The Fighting Camel Club empowers student-athletes to lead with purpose on and off the field. Over the past three years, donations to the FCC have helped fund scholarships, facility enhancements, health and wellness improvements, and the greatest needs of the athletics department. With our move to the CAA, the need for your support has never been greater. Memberships begin at just $100 and can get you access to exclusive merchandise and seating. Head to GoCamels.com and hit the Give button. Welcome back to Campbell Call Live. Campbell men's basketball returns home January 25th. This is going to be a fun one. It's a special 5 p.m. start. It's a national TV game against Elon. Remember, kids 12 and under in for free for every home Campbell game, including baseball. And believe it or not, we are a month away from the Campbell baseball season. Our nationally ranked Campbell Camels, they will open up the season on February 16th versus UC Santa Barbara. As the Gauchos come into town, season tickets are on sale now, and we're going to give away a pair of tickets to our baseball season opener and a T-shirt right now. So get out your raffle tickets, 626-403-626-403. As um, we have a winner, a friendly face in the crowd. Thank you so much. And thank you, everybody, for coming by. Every time you come down here to the live shows every other Monday, um, you get a chance to win a lot of great free stuff. We talked about the kids 12 and under in for free. That's going to save you a a lot of bucks, Coach, um, because speaking of kids, you have four under 12 right now. Tell me about your wife and your wonderful family. Yeah, uh, exactly right. That saves me a ton of money getting them in, and it provides entertainment value, and they can run around. Um, (laughs) I I told – there were a group of guys in the weight room the other day, and they were all former baseball players that have gone on, and they were all still working out. And and a bunch of them – Cade Keeler was one of those guys, and those guys are still working out. And I told them, I said, hey, man, I don't know if my 
kids are excited about Campbell football, but they're so excited about coming to watch Campbell baseball. Um, our kids loved running around over there at the stadium and being a part of that and, and watching those guys. And what great examples. Neat story about that real quick is we were in Houston. Uh, Zach Neto gets called up and plays for the Astros or for the, the Angels, and they're coming to town and they're playing the Astros. And we had tickets to that game. So I hit Zach up as just knowing him a little bit here and there. And Zach was the most genuine uh, guy in the world. He took Absolutely. her kids down there at, at batting practice, and they're standing down there on the field at Minute Maid Park. And Zach comes over and talks to him. I mean, asks him about school, and then hands them these baseballs. And they're like, "Oh yeah, this is cool." And I'm like, "No, no, no, no. I don't know if you guys realize how how nobody gets this opportunity." And, and a huge credit to, to Justin Heron, the program that he's built here. And what I think is the key piece that I see watching and being able to see his program is his best players are also his best people. And when your best players are also your best people, now you, you got something in that spot. And, and Zach didn't have to do that. He, he, he didn't get anything out of it. He didn't get any free pub out of it or anything like that. He was just genuinely kind. Um, and so it's just neat to see that those connections and those relationships. Yeah, and, and when you talk about running around, you are you are being literal. <laughs> your, your group really uh, is close to the, to the hair bunch. They have four as well, the three older boys and then the one um, baby girl, which is, which is like yours as well. You also have twins, something that we have bonded over. Uh, my, my twins came into this world about two and a half years ago. I think I came to you in a panic uh, <laughs> one day asking, what the heck am I going to do? Talk about that, not raising not only four, but having those, those two at a time, the, 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 the twin dad that you are. Yeah, you're just trying to survive. I mean, just be <laughs> honest, for the first yeah. two years of your life, you're just trying to fight t today so you can get a, get a tomorrow in that spot. Um, I was talking to your wife earlier. I was like, you, you know, you're finally getting to see, like, th these are kids, okay? I don't just have to fight and make it in this spot um, but man they're so fun you know I was an only child growing up um, and so to be able to see twins and see that relationship that's been really cool to be able to see now they play baseball and so like Cooper plays second base shortstop and Fisher play first base and it's neat to see those guys wow. interact and how they they talk and they communicate and it's just something really special um, my kids are rock stars I mean they're so excited about coming back here um, there's they couldn't be more excited to get back here and be a part of this they were at the basketball game on Thursday and Saturday and I mean as soon as we walk in it's like whoom they just took off and they saw friends that they knew and, and being able to do those things um and so that they're they're awesome they're all in they're all cameled out if you go back now in texas they got everything campbell on um <laughs> and they are all in 100 percent. absolutely we can't wait till uh till we get to see them um all around campus once again okay speaking of where we're talking about baseball here is on the horizon of course you have so much going on spring football and that but i know you all and your coaching staff had looked at that 2024 schedule. Um, it just came out last week. It's on GoCamels.com. Now, now, the good news is we are finally back. Six home games. It's a 12-game season this year. It's one of those years. And I really like how you put it. We start with three games on the road, three straight then at home. That is not ideal, but you put a great spin on it during the press conference. You said, you know what? We have six of our last nine games at home in Bowie's Creek, and you really see that as a positive. 100%. What, what a great opportunity. Away games are different because it's just you. You get to control their environment 100% of that spot. So I've never been um, 
against away games back to back to start a season because that's an opportunity for those team those guys to come together. They spend time together. They're hanging out together. If you've ever been on a, a trip in any kind of sport, um, a lot of the bonding pieces go on the road in those spots. You get to be able to see each other outside of just the sport in that spot. So what a great opportunity for us in those first three to be able to spend time together. Our coaches be able to spend time together, um, being able to do those things. And then you get the last six out of the nine at home. One of the things, if you look at any great football team, any great program period, you have to win at home, right? Um, and we get an opportunity to win to play six out of the last nine here um, at Barker Lane Stadium. Um, that That's it right there. We're, we're going to grow together in those first three, and then we've got to be able to take advantage of our opportunities. And that's where we need to be able to, to create excitement about being there. Somebody asked me the other day, said, what's the biggest – that thing donors and people that can do is you know, the number one thing is to be there in presence in that spot. We need to make it when somebody comes to Barker Lane Stadium that we not only show off Campbell football, but we show off Campbell and we show off Harnett County and we show them what we have special in here. And we need to make it when they leave that place um, that they know that it was not a normal place in that spot. And our guys have to take great pride and we don't lose on that field. You've seen Barker Lane when it is jam-packed, when the crowd is is really into it. It's a special environment, isn't it? 100%. What a great game day atmosphere. And just hearing um, Hannah and her team talk about what they've done to be able to enhance that piece, um, there's a plan in that spot. So if you come to Barker Lane Stadium for a game and you go, well, Coach, I, I don't love football. I'm not an X's and O junkie. Come on anyway. Um, we we want to make Saturdays at Barker Lane Stadium the place to be. We wanted to make it for the community. We wanted an opportunity to be able to show off our community, our university. And we do that by putting a product on the field that the people of Campbell, the people of Harnett County can connect to and they can appreciate and they can see their hard work, just like they work hard every day, that those kids go out there and, and represent them in the same way. Absolutely. When, when you take a look at those uh, three home games, they come after three away games. Of course, we'll be talking about this for for the next couple of years you had nothing to do with the schedule no say in the schedule so all you do in your first game as head coach of the Campbell Fighting Camels is you go up and you take on a Liberty team on August 31st that just played in the Fiesta Bowl versus Oregon okay there why, you go, Coach. Why not? Right? No, <laughs> why not? Um, that's a great – you know, I think it was three years ago, my first, first game at Campbell was at Liberty. Um, and so that's a great environment. Our guys will love playing in that. The great thing is there's a lot of closeness as far as proximity, so there's a lot of guys that they know probably are on our roster that will have played against those guys. What a great opportunity. Like, go play football. Like, who – not, not everybody gets to play in those environments. And so we're, we're going to look at it as an opportunity. Um, and Campbell's never beaten an FBS team um, in the history of our program in that spot. Why not us? Why yep. not now? Um, and so we're going to go into those ball games and we're going to go swinging. Uh, we're going to throw some haymakers and see what happens in that spot. But um, we love those opportunities and we love to see how our guys compete in those opportunities. Yeah, you, you travel. This will be um, returned to us in 2025, but at Western Carolina to take on a, uh, a, a SOCON team in Cullowee. They had a great start of the year. They were in the top 25, beat some top 25 teams. And, and that's one of those fun interstate rivals that really hasn't been a part of the football program. Yeah, I think it's an interstate rival, which is really cool. But then I think it's also just for kind of education about the process of the playoffs, that's a SOCON team. And so anytime you have cro cross um, a different conference, they're going to have opponents that are going to be playoff teams in the SOCON. So it allows us to build our resume um, to be able to get a lot large bid into the playoffs if you don't go out and win the CAA straight up in that spot. In the CAA, as you know, I think we had four teams that were playoff teams this past year, one that made yep. it to the, to the semifinals in that spot. And so those are really big games, the out-of-conference 
games because it builds your resume against good playoff football teams in that spot. Yeah, and you have a couple of other good ones. You'll start CAA play at Rhode Island. Rhode Island is a CAA football-only member. You come back here at home, the opener against Stony Brook. Then you go out of conference, Delaware State, and out of conference to North Carolina Central. That has become a rivalry game all of a sudden. Non-conference, of course, but two close games, two intense games uh, over the past two years as, uh, as the Eagles will be flying back down to Bowie's Creek. Yeah, I think those regional games are a lot of fun for everybody. They're going to bring a crowd. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll have the, the right to be able to protect our place in that spot. And so anytime you you got to win the state first and foremost. So you get to go to Western Carolina. You get to play NC Central in those spots. Um, those are great opportunities. NC Central's grown that program, and, and they've done a heck of a job growing that program in the last three years. You look at how they've really taken off in that spot. Again, that allows us to be able to test ourselves against a non-conference opponent that is has the ability to be a top 25 team in the nation. And, of course, uh, then you get back into conference for the last six. It gets a little bit more sane as it's a away home, away home at William & Mary, then back for what's going to be homecoming on October 26th versus NCANT. You talk about owning the state, in-state rivals. This is a team 90 minutes away that you'll play every single year. Absolutely. What, what a great opportunity and what a great atmosphere that should be for um, FCS college football. And, and my hope is that day is that we are able to showcase to everybody in the state and in the nation that um, coming to Bowie's Creek, North Carolina, and playing at Barker Lane Stadium is an environment and uh, an experience like any, none anywhere else in FCS college football. And they're a great opponent to do that because they'll bring a great crowd as well. Um, that coach, he does a heck of a job there. He was the defense coordinator at William & Mary. Yep. Um, last year was his first year. He's going to continue to grow and develop that program. And that, you just watch that program grow and develop because coach, he knows how to do it the right way. Um, at Elon versus Richmond at Delaware, and then uh, getting to end of the season at home. The first time that that has been a, a part of our schedule for a long time uh, versus Towson. It's interesting because you look at these CAA games, we could talk 10, 15 minutes about each one yep. of them. And, and by the way, we will when, we, when you come <laughs> on before, before the fall. But it's, it's a conference where, and, and a lot of people will say this in their conference, and, and it's true to a point, but it's really in a conference where when you play a conference game, you're going to play a very capable team, probably a team that had been in the playoffs in the past couple years, probably a team that's ranked as well. That is what you are doing every time you go into CAA play eight games in the season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the CAA is, is the best conference in FCS college football. And so if you're looking as a fan to see, is, is should I come to the game? Should I be able to come watch this game? You come watch a game at Barker Lane Stadium, you're going to see some of the best FCS college football in the nation each and every Saturday. Um, how cool is that that we have that right here in our community and we're able to, to highlight that piece of it? The other thing about the CAA is this, is, is you're not going to go in there and blow anybody out. This is not uh, – you're not playing – you know, your grandma's school over here that's doing that piece, you're going to play really good football teams. So to do that, we have to train our young men. we got to be able to go win in the fourth quarter. Uh, you got to be able to keep the game close and keep the game neck and neck throughout the whole course, course of the ball game. And then at the end, we got to be able to win the fourth quarter in that spot. And then we've got to, we're going to start, start tomorrow morning um, with winter conditioning pieces with our guys, and that's the piece that we're going to talk a ton about is winning the fourth quarter. If you win the fourth quarter, you win opportunities. You win a lot of football games. No doubt. And that brings us into our, um, our, our last piece here when we talk about the fact of Campbell football. You've been a part of building this solid foundation here. How does Campbell football look? How is it maybe different 
um, than it has been in the past uh, under head coach Braxton Harris. We've got to start fast, which we were able to do last year. If you pull up the numbers, we won the first quarter. If you win the first quarter in FCS college football, you win 88% of the football games. Um, and that, that's I'm a huge numbers believer. It's not about what you feel, what you think. It's about what do the numbers tell you, and that's why. So we've got to continue to be able to build on that. We've got to continue to be able to start fast. But the, the caveat to that is that you also have to win the fourth quarter right? Um, we've got to create a mindset of guys that are going to finish in that spot. And, and just like the people here in this community, that you look at the people that have run businesses that are here in this, is, is everything may start great, but you've got to be able to finish it in that spot. And, and that's a characteristic that these young men are going to take that are going to make them successful long after they leave um, our campus. And when they go run their business, when they go run their family, they've got to be able to go finish. And so the cool thing is all these things we're trying to teach them, they're transferable well after football's done. And so the value pieces there in that spot but we've got to be able to start fast and we get be able to finish strong and we've got to understand that as a community what are you looking for you're looking for the camels to come out fast early and then when they get to the fourth quarter hey man if you get it within it's within one score into the fourth quarter hey i'd bet on the camels in the fourth quarter because those guys know how to finish and they've trained for that opportunity you've also talked about off the field that um you are putting a big emphasis on in the classroom in the community as well as on the gridiron. Absolutely. It's got to be all. And, and we all know this that are in this room that do it. It's not about where you are. It's about who you are. Um, you can't be this guy in, on the football field and you say, I want to go be an All-American or I want to be a champion. I want to win the conference. But then you don't go to class or you turn in something, a paper to your teacher, and it's just halfway done because it doesn't matter. Um, how you do anything is how you do everything in that spot. And so we've got an opportunity to train our young men um, and teach them that those are the things that matter. If they will focus on those pieces of the puzzle, the football will take care of itself in those spots. That's how you go win fourth quarters. You don't win fourth quarters because you're more talented than somebody. You win fourth quarters because you have character, you have grit, you have determination, and you've trained for those opportunities. Um, you got this job literally on, on January 2nd. You got here a couple days later. You're still assembling your staff. What does it look like the next month or so and then going into spring football for you all? Yeah, it's, it's going to be completely drinking water out of a fire hydrant, right? Like it's just you're going to try to catch something and be able to go in that spot. Um, we've got to develop our young men. We've got to connect to those guys first and foremost. And we've got different things that we're able to do in team run stuff and different situations where we stress them in spots. But we've got to be comfortable being uncomfortable in that spot. And so everything that we do in the next three and four months, it's going to be about being uncomfortable, um, but then also getting comfortable in those roles so that we can be able to learn and grow. Everybody knows that you grow in moments of uncomfortability. You don't grow in comfort. Um, good times create soft people. Hard times create tough people. And that's what we got to be able to do. we got to create hard times for our young men in our program so that when it gets to the Saturdays, the six out of the last nine here in Bowie's Creek, that those guys are able to go play and to be able to go win. Head coach Braxton Harris, we're glad you're here. Welcome. Thanks. Congratulations, and we can't wait to see you all on the field. Season ticket interest forms at GoCamels.com. Just hit tickets. The schedule is up now. Thank you so much for coming to Camel Call Live. We'll be back in two Mondays with our softball team. Their season starts in just three weeks. All the information at GoCamels.com and search Finding Camels for the app. For Braxton Harris, I'm Chris Amar saying so long. Thank you so much to the great staff here at the county seat. You've been listening to Camel Call Live from the county seat in downtown Billington. Good night.